indeed, genuine catechesis is not a technique. It's an art, a long journey of knowing Christ and inviting others to do the same. This is OSV Talks, a show where we explore topics from prominent Catholic leaders to spark discussion, explore new or re-explore old approaches, and inspire creative thinking, all from the heart of the church. My name is Doug Tuke, and I will be your host. Hi, welcome. I'm here with John O'Brien, the executive director of the Aquinas Forum in Denver. John, thank you for good coming. To be here. This is awesome. Our good mutual friend Corey invited us, uh, in, in, uh, introduced the two of us together, and we totally hit it off. And I was like, all right, man, this is awesome. You got to come do this OSV oh, Talks totally. thing with us, which I love. You have a history in adult formation, in faith formation, director from a parish, yep. director of faith formation from a parish. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to do that? Um. No, I think it was a bit of a journey, but I loved it. So I did it for seven years. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, I absolutely loved it. I, I loved the intersection of ideas and faith and kind of the deeper mysteries of life. Yeah. Just on the ground. Yeah. Regular people. It's the real doing deal. Normal things. Yep. I, I love to see people experience growth and transformation, that kind of context. Yeah. So that's why I loved it. Yeah. Parish work is hard. It's hard. There's a lot of moving parts, right? It is. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. What was the moment that inspired you to transition to this sort of apostolic work with the Aquinas Forum? What was that moment? Was it a donor? Was it an invitation? What was your gut telling you when you made that choice? When I first started working at the parish, I knew that most people don't see in parish for 20, 30, 40 years. It's true. It's true. It's rare, in fact. You know, I thought about a bit of of an exit strategy at one point, and I always wanted to do some kind of an institute or a forum or a nonprofit for faith and culture. Yeah. So I thought about that over the years and consulted mentors and coaches while also, you know, enjoying my time at the parish. Yeah. And then at one point though, I realized I had been there six years and was proud of the work that I had done. Realized that I had learned a lot. Good. Good for you. And I just felt like it was time. Yeah. Kind of when you know, you know, reduce it to any reason. Yeah. Kind of when you know, you know, yeah. So I asked for my dad for his blessing yeah. when he was uh, in a terminal illness, and he said, I, I give you my blessing. Wow. So I went home and, um, you know, put things in order to yeah. formally start the nonprofit. Yeah. That's a big leap. It is. It's a leap. It is. It's also Denver. Yeah, that's right. Focus, Augustine Institute. I mean, there's amazing a, parish. A, amazing parish. It's Price like, in the city. What is going on in Denver? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why Aquinas? So the reason why I chose Aquinas is because I think he sees reality mm. in a beautiful way, in a real way, yeah. and in a way that speaks to people in 2021 yeah. or 2019 when I started it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times Aquinas gets the reputation that he's merely dry and dusty and abstract. How many and angels? Some of his writings yeah. are. Yeah. Of course. How many angels through the eye of a needle? You know? Right. <laughs> but that was that was the style he was writing in. Yeah. If you take Aquinas and especially kind of his tradition, his synthesis and tradition, mm-hmm. and then you apply it to life in twenty twenty one, um I think people and I've seen people be inspired, changed in the simplest ways, in the biggest ways. So oh, wow. one of my missions is to take Aquinas kind of out of the dry and dusty abstract heavens that mm-hmm. a lot of people think he lives in and to bring him down to earth mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways he's like chesterton 
with that. Right. Well um, said. If you take the time to look at him and yeah. read him and spend some time with him, yeah. it'll change your life the yeah. same day. Yeah. So Aquinas Forum is looking at something like adult formation in parish communities, which ranges from men's groups, women's groups, to Bible studies, teaching opportunities, and is saying, we want to improve this thing, this adult formation thing. Is that fair? Yes. Is that a fair More or less, yes. Okay. What am I missing? What am I missing there? What else does Aquinas Forum want to do? So it's not a consulting initiative. Mm-hmm. It's a nonprofit for direct formation and education mm-hmm. for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that primarily through small groups, though, mm-hmm. and through classes and mm-hmm. through conferences. So we really try to, you know, I've tried to learn from what I experienced in parish life sure. and try to apply it to a setting where we're trying to use some of the wisdom of Aquinas. Yeah. What would, what would be like an example of that thing? What would be that? Be, okay. That be? Ooh, okay. Great. So many people think the Catholic faith is, you just need to learn all this stuff because yeah. there's a rich intellectual yeah. tradition. Fill your head with it all. But yeah. Aquinas specifically says love is more perfect than knowledge in this life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says that in heaven, knowledge and love from our side to God, it's the same thing, actually. Okay. It's really beautiful. We won't get into those deep <laughs> But Aquinas is wonderful yeah. for people who can tend towards viewing the faith yeah. as being just kind of a head trip, and you, the more you know, the better. Yeah. He says, no, love is more important than knowledge. Knowledge yeah. is important, of course. Yeah. But love is more important. Why? He asks the question, because knowledge tends to puff up and it tends to reduce the things we're kind of looking at mm-hmm. to what we understand by them, whereas love tends to bring us out of ourselves yeah. and make it more like the object. And so that's why love is more perfect. Love is more important and perfect than knowledge. Wow, which you don't expect. You don't expect you that don't from Aquinas. Expect that. And when yeah. people learn that, especially yeah. people that have, I don't know, graduated with political science degrees or theology degrees or law degrees, sure. and they hear that, from one of the most intelligent humans who have ever lived. And yeah. they think love is more perfect than knowledge. Yeah, wait, what? It's right. transformative and it's practical. It makes sense for their lives. Yeah. It's not some abstract, abstracted life. Yeah. It makes sense for their lives. What are the big hurdles though, for you specifically, just kind of in the, in the working world of ministry, you, you have a model and you have ideas, certainly mm-hmm. a, a service to offer to faith communities. What are the big hurdles? What are the things that are just kind of like that you keep running up against that you know you've got to kind of pray through and work through? What are those things? Yeah, I think the the hurdles would be classic American hurdles. Yeah. So as an American living in Colorado, there, there's always a spirit in the imagination of what's really impressive is fast big flashy yeah but when you're trying to start a nonprofit, i've had to lean into genuine yeah. but slow yeah step by step yeah when i lean into that say this is good in fact this is very authentic pro- uh, provided the excellence is still part of it yeah yeah the bar is still that's high a good day. yeah keep the bar high yep when yep. i have my days where i'm thinking oh gosh we need to figure this all out perfectly right in six hours right those are obstacles. Those are hurdles. Yeah. So kind of psychological hurdles. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a it's not a saturated market to help out with adult formation. There's it's not like there's there's not a quick fix. I would argue in yeah. parish life across the country, you know, beyond Colorado, is just that there's not there's apathy. There's just sort of not an interest. Yeah. There's sort of the choir. 
and you kind of preach to the choir with an idea and maybe get them to engage a formative experience. Absolutely. And then there's just kind of a, you know what, four rows back, three seats in. I don't have time. I don't have time for you. I'm not going to come to your thing. I don't want to do it. That's got to be tough because you're bowling through with Very a much. lot of truth and wisdom, but you're running into that wall of the busyness of the parent. But here's the thing. Maybe it's my Irish blood. <laughs> I kind of thrive on that. Yeah. Because I think more times than not, people are not apathetic because they choose to be. Yeah. They're apathetic because they haven't presented they haven't been presented a different vision. Yeah. Or a new way of doing something. And when they are, a lot of times those apathetic wheels kind of fall off yeah. and something else takes its place. Yeah. And so that's that's a challenge for me, but it's a challenge I don't mind. And I learned that in Pierce life. Yeah. I learned after a year if I'm going to uh, succumb to uh, obstacles and apathy of people yeah and get really pissed off yeah can i say that you can say that yeah. and and get upset it's an irish catholic uh, podcast yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you get upset i knew that that was not going to be a good experience yeah. in the parish right and for my first year i was a bit of a bear ministry from anger isn't going to work no. right it's just not even no. ministry from just straight up frustration doesn't work you have to get to a point where it's right let's be targeted, have goals, be effective. Yep, that's right. Meet people where they're at, figure it out. And to lean into the difficulty, yeah. whether that's apathy or yeah. whatever it is, and say, okay, let's keep going. Yeah, I think your work's cut out for you because I think that I think it is a tall order. I think that forming, helping to form the adult population of the church, this is the wisdom of Barron's word on fire. This is the wisdom of organizations that are totally. kind of trying to say, okay, there's a deep amount of wisdom in the church. How can I share that with you in an authentic and engaging way? Your strategy is very personal. And it's also it's true. physical, it's true. small groups, classes. community, classes that gather physically, not just, I'd like to learn more and I'm going to take this online right. class. You're like, no, I want to teach people how to lead these physical experiences. And I think that's great. And also, I forgot to mention this, we do Works of Mercy. Yeah. So once a month, we have a Works of Mercy initiative where we go out, we spend time with the poor, we do different things. Yeah. And this is huge for people maybe that want to be formed in a Catholic worldview, which mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Let's be honest. Part of that Catholic worldview is mercy in action. Absolutely. Is the church great at communicating that right now? Not necessarily. Yeah. Has it ever been? I mean, it's part of the gospel. That's yeah. all I know. Yeah. Um, there's there's moments of it. And there's yeah. heroes of it. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Dorothy Day in the Americas. Absolutely. The way she influenced us internationally. But and yeah. I think it's a lot simpler than people imagine. Yeah. To just spend time with the poor. Um to carve out a little bit of your life. It's simpler than people imagine. So it's a joy to share this through the nonprofit. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. I step love by that. step. You and I are both Flannery O'Connor fans. Yeah. Yeah. What draws you to the writings of Flannery O'Connor? The real. Oh, say more. Authenticity. Yeah. Reading a story of Flannery O'Connor, uh, to me, is like seeing a thousand layers of reality yeah. in one story. And some of it's you horror. You can't even assess it. Well, it's, it's like some a, of it's um, horror. Like, it's oh, like, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I've thought before, people that struggle with PTSD, all they need to do is read Flannery O'Connor. Because um, it's shocking. Some of it's shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. Well, gosh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But um, when I read Flannery O'Connor, you know, I encounter a real approach to life that mm -hmm. there's lots of goodness. Of course, there's lots of beauty, but mm -hmm. there is lots of difficulty. Yeah. Lots of suffering. Yeah. And most authors are going to just err on one side or the other. That's true. It's kind of despair or a, 
saccharine cheesiness. Mm-hmm. Flannery O'Connor is the ultimate integrated middle, mm. which is Aquinas says the integrated middle is not the collapsed middle. It's the summit, the mm. golden mean. And so when you read O'Connor, she's operating on a different cylinder. Uh, it's similar to some of the movie guys like Tarantino, the authors like Cormac McCarthy. Mm-hmm. They take you into a world that is so rich, so real. You can't understand it perfectly abstractly. But yeah. You know it's real. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She speaks from the language that she spoke as a child, um, mm-hmm. which is not always well received. Um, but she speaks right to the heart. Uh, there's always a deep-seated theme of some sort of redemptive notion or a challenge to that. I mean, it's just profound. The other right? thing about O'Connor, absolutely, and um, about her is, of course, she's an Aquinas person. She is, big time. Yeah. For people who have read O'Connor, I would say the brand of the Aquinas form, the brand of Thomism, is a Flannery O'Connor Thomism. Oh, wow. Now, most people are going to look at you and say, what does that mean? Yeah. But for those who are familiar with it, they know exactly what that means. It's oh. an imaginative Thomism. Yeah, it's that's a great line. An imaginative Thomism. Yeah. I like that a lot. Let's brand that. Yeah, right. Somebody write that down. <laughs> what did you want to be when you grew up? What was it when you were a kid? What did you want to be? What was what was, great what was burning inside um, of you? I wanted to be, gosh, a secret service agent, then a golf pro, <laughs> yes. then a businessman. John's a good golfer, by the way. We played we played simulator golf yesterday. I've it was had great. the shanks for a few years. It's actually <laughs> super depressing. I need to read O'Connor stories to cheer me up. That's Irish blood. Um, but, no, I wanted to be a businessman in yeah. high school. And then when I got to college, I realized I wanted to teach. Yeah. I loved reading. Was it a moment? A was it a teacher? Conversion. Did somebody trigger that in you or – you know what it was? It was reading an essay by Socrates. Uh, what essay? The Apology of Socrates. Wow, okay. Um, what everyone's doing, you know, reading the Apology of Socrates. Right. But um, I read it, and I had what can just be called an intellectual conversion. Yeah. And it was part of my spiritual Catholic conversion, too. But I fell in love with it. Yeah. Before that, I, I really didn't read at all. Yeah. Um, grew up watching fantastic dramas like Saved by the Bell uh, to, to learn about what life is. And it was really cool going from that to yeah. things like O'Connor. Bit of Socrates. a change, bit of a drastic yeah. change there. You you love theology. You love Good, the yeah. the academic pursuit of faith. That's important to you. You speak with it. Uh, how how what, what do you say to someone who maybe... Um, has not had a sense of faith through the head. It's been through the heart. And I, I this is um, this is a minefield, but I, but it's such a good conversation. Good. I don't think it's an either or conversation. Oh, we got to go through the heart to get to the head, or we got to go through the head to get to the heart. You have found a passion in the pursuit of the mind and knowledge and learnedness. But what do you say to the person who has never had those experiences? They're not going to read the Summa. They're probably not even going to pick up Flannery O'Connor. What do you say to them? Do you introduce them to some depth there, or is there a process associated with that? Well, it's a great question. Of course, a lot of things could be said uh, in response. The first thing that comes to my mind is, number one, who are they? Oh, yeah. Okay. What are they like? Yeah. Personality-wise, more? That's like, right. Some people, I learned this in parish life, and I'm trying to lean into this through my nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Some people have have a great appetite for the intellectual life sure many people don't yeah some people have a great appetite for daily consistent prayer right some people don't my goal as being a son of the church 
is to kind of understand who someone is, what their inclinations are, and then if my nonprofit or some of my vision can help them on their journey, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But I've also learned that people are infinitely varied, and that's actually a good thing. Yeah, it's well said so too. So to try to take someone in a in a parish or one of my classes and turn them into some Aquinas or O'Connor scholar. That's not the question. Yeah. The question is, who are they? What are their fundamental inclinations? And how, if at all, can the intellectual vision of the Catholic Church help them? I'll say this, though. The public intellectual, Jordan Peterson. Man, he, he is, keeps coming up in these conversations. Yeah, 500 million people throughout yeah. the world. Yeah. And it just goes to show that people who are willing to speak with just a little bit of wisdom, not that I'm any Peterson, of course, but just trying to communicate some of the wisdom of the church. Yeah. A lot of people are hungry for it. They're hungry for a deeper intellectual right. pursuit. Is that fair to say? Um, I would say, but it sounds a little abstract. They're hungry for reality, number one. Mm. So if you have the appetite for intellectual truth, yeah. great. That's your path. Yeah. yeah. But if your appetite is for you know, a simple life, in a small town in the Midwest, but a good life. Yeah. That's just as rich of a reality, if yeah. not more so than the intellectual vision. Yeah. Um, but um, I feel like you're uh, navigating a deeper seed of intellectual tradition through the lens of relationship mm-hmm. first. And that Absolutely. I love because you're saying that's to me, you're true. saying to me, like, I'm not interested in making a class. That's just like, well, look at me. I really know a lot. No, no, I can't no. wait for you to learn a lot like me. You're saying, gosh, I can't wait to get to know you. What's your reality. And, uh, and, and just so you know, you know, uh, our bride, you know, the church, there's a lot of thinking that went on regarding that reality. And yeah. I'd like to introduce that to you. That's what, I love that. I just sort of love that you do that, though, because I don't know that that's the case universally in adult Mm -hmm. formation. Like, I think a lot of adult formation than church, even things that are really well funded. Oh, we're going to film these classes for you to take. We're going to show you the brightest minds in this way. You're kind of saying to me, I'd like to just really enter into relationship with a lot of people and then we'll get to the good stuff. That's right. And is there I mean, there's no shortage of a desire for relationships. But that order is tall that's a tall order um because one person's not going to be able to do that that's I mean, right that's a lot and it's not a simple technique no at that's all for sure but just like you said if you begin with the relationship with where people are yeah and then you expose them to the richness of the fundamental message of god's love for them yeah in the church and then if they're hungry for more they want i want to learn about guys like yeah. Pastor Aquinas. well all the better but we don't start there. Yeah. We start with the fundamentals. Yeah. Give you a good example. We have a small group that started in Stuttgart, Stuttgart, Germany. Oh, wow. And they watch a video and we give them the format and the schedule. And it's so simple. Yeah. And they're not setting the summa. Yeah. They're, they're covering some basic principles though about life. Yeah. God, yeah. scripture, hope. Right. And that's what I love. Now, again, if, if some of those people want to, continue to learn a lot more fine yeah but the Aquinas forum exists not for that it exists to create uh, communication pathways between the tradition of the church and people in life wherever they are no I love that notwithstanding I love that who are your mentors who 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 are your heroes hmm 
Very good question. Who are my, okay, so I'll say my intellectual mentors are two, Thomas Aquinas and Walker Percy. Oh, tell, tell me about Walker Percy. Oh, Walker Percy is a man of insane wisdom and insight, like Aquinas, yeah. but Percy wrote novels. Yeah. And he was a convert, and he almost died because of tuberculosis. Yeah. And when someone asked him, why do you believe in the Catholic Church? He responded, what else is there? <laughs> he said, you want <laughs> me to be it all a down. new age religious person you want me to be uh xyz i don't want to say anything that sounds offensive <laughs> but um and he writes really gritty novels that are just zany and wacky yeah about american life yeah but his insights are so insightful it's crazy now yeah. he's a novelist yeah aquinas of course is the theologian right. philosopher so i feel like to have both are kind balance of operating there. on both hemispheres of my brain. Indeed. Jordan Peterson, frankly, has become a, a strong And that's controversial, mentor. right, John? That I is. mean I mean well, let's just talk about it. no, let's talk about it for a little bit. This yeah. is kind of fun. I mean yeah. um his name is popular, he's hot in, in the academic space. He he gets in trouble because he doesn't accept gender pronouns. He's just not willing to kind of like succumb to sort of a secular notion. But at the same time, you know, the man struggles. He struggles with with a with a, a Christocentric mindset. That's he right. struggles with That's sacramental right. theology. Like some of the oh, more popular time. Christian thinkers, he's you know they just like I just don't understand visible God, visible sign of God's invisible grace. What what do you like about him? What is what is Peterson saying to you in the field that you work in, where you go, you know what I can apply that notion to the work of formation? Great question. I I think Peterson is a nature guy. So he's kind of like a modern Aristotle. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? He's looking for principles uh -huh. in in reality that he can perceive and observe. Yeah, yeah. that's why he's an evolutionary psychologist. Yeah, and he's uh, he's asking questions based in what is presented to him. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, um, which is very different than the full Catholic vision of reality, which yeah. is both nature and grace. But in my opinion. I think he's on the track, just yeah. like Aristotle. And yeah. Aquinas picks up Aristotle and transforms his entire theology through Aristotle. Yeah. Um, Peterson. Uh, Peterson is similar to Aristotle in the sense that he's concerned with nature as it's presented to him, what we can learn from it, yeah. and how that can change our lives. Yeah. And he's impacted so many people. He I has. think. Uh, because one of the things he's done is that he's shown nature itself seems to be pointing to or open to the transcendent. Yeah, it's still indeed. very obscure for him. And he's very obscure better. when he describes it. That's right. He's obscure when he... That's, what, that's why the Catholic thinkers get ticked at him. They're just like, just say it. Just say what you want to say. And well, it's axiomatic thinking. And this, these are deep-seated truths that are, live externally to you. And they'll never change even if your opinion changes. And people are like, yeah, axiomatic thinking. And the church is over here saying, yeah, it's called natural law. Like... This is the thing we've been Sorry. saying for a really long time. So there's two intellectual traditions there that are kind of weaving like two highways across America, and people are kind of trying to figure out which lane to get into. I think it's fascinating. I do too. It feels and like it's like somebody needs to translate this, the, you know? Well, that I think that's true too. Um, and I'll also say that what Peterson's responding to is kind of a nihilistic despair mm -hmm. that he's seen in his clinical practice mm. and in lots of literature in the last hundred years. So if given the choice between nihilism, despair, 
suicide or a hope mm-hmm. based on what we can observe in natural reality i'll definitely take the latter now yeah. i think Peterson that's that's a re spots. but that's a that's a rehashed version of pascal's wager it well is. i might as well do this because it's probably better for me right yeah i i i he fascinates me yeah yeah and he, he has he fascinates me too. yeah he's not perfect and you know yeah go off on that but i think there's a few lanes that he's cultivating that is huge yeah so that's another mentor i have uh you know gosh my my granddad is my ultimate yeah. mentor yeah um could think of a couple more i love that what's aquinas forum up to what what's next what are Great. you working so, on oh, good. yeah i was actually gonna mention a friend of mine who is one of my mentors even though he's a really good friend from college yeah. so uh, a friend of mine myself and a local priest who's a pastor uh, in denver are doing a conference called uh, the aquinas conference 2021 oh cool Relute, uh, excuse me <laughs> i'll do that again <laughs> we're doing a conference called the aquinas conference 2021 yeah um reality and illusion Mm. Aquinas on faith, hope, and love. Oh, so it's cool. June 5th, 8 a.m. to noon in Denver. It's free. Oh, it's great. But here's the fun thing. We have an awesome local pastor who's yeah. going to be speaking on faith, Father Nick Larkin. I'll be speaking on hope. Yeah. And the other speaker, Sam Blair, will be speaking on charity. He's a senior officer in the SEALs, Navy SEALs. Oh, wow. And he's a hardcore Catholic, uh, very devoted, committed. He speaks in, in ways that are kind of less means more. Yeah. And uh, I think it'll be an awesome conference. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Where can we find you? Where can we find you online? Very simple. Aquinasforum.org. Aquinasforum.org. John, I am so glad that our mutual friend Corey introduced us. I'm glad our paths crossed. I know they'll cross again. I can't wait. I'm just so thankful for your mind and your passion and your excitement to be a teacher of the faith and to draw others into teaching the faith. Adult formation uh, can't have too much leadership and it needs to be rekindled in the context of the American Catholic Church. We're a better church because you're working in it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Doug. Pleasure. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. You can enjoy all OSV Talks at osvtalks.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review our show wherever you like to listen. Friends, innovative thinking is at the core of OSV and OSV Talks is part of a much larger effort to be a catalyst for Catholic innovation. OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation brings you these talks from prominent Catholic leaders to spark discussion, explore new or re-explore old approaches, and inspire creative thinking, all from the heart of the church. Until next time, God bless.